Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when we focus on moderation. I am excited to share this conversation with you today because this guest is working on a really interesting project. Olivia Seltzer is the founder and sole writer of The Cram, which is a newsletter tailored to Gen Z readers to give them the scoop on current events every day. As a journalist myself, I was so excited to learn about Olivia's work. So without further ado, let's get started with this episode featuring Olivia Seltzer. My name is Olivia Seltzer. I'm 18 years old. I'm the founder of The Cram. I'm from Santa Barbara, California. I'm currently attending Harvard to study um, government with a secondary in English. Um, and The Cram is a daily news outlet for Gen Zers. So we have all the tools we need to change the world. Every day I wake up before school, I research the news, and then I rewrite it in a way that makes sense for our generation. Um, so utilizing language that makes sense to us and then mediums that make sense to us. We have over 500 youth ambassadors all over the world who help contribute to give us a more broad and global perspective. Um, and we have two and a half million monthly readers. That's so interesting. So tell me more about the story behind the cram. What inspired you to get started with the project and how did it evolve to get to this point now? Yeah, absolutely. So um in 2016, I attended a junior high school where the majority of the students were Latinx. Uh, personally, my grandfather was an undocumented immigrant from Mexico City and eventually was fortunate enough to be able to gain citizenship. So when the results of the 2016 presidential election came out, there was definitely a lot of talk about what was going on in government was really impacting us as kids. Um, and I feel like for a lot of us, it was really the first time that we had really seen and viscerally felt that connection to what was going on in government. But I realized that even though we were talking a lot about the news and politics, none of us were actually reading the news or watching the news because, unfortunately, it's primarily created by and geared toward an older demographic, and it really just wasn't connecting. And I saw this as a really huge problem because, in short, you can't change the world unless you know about it, which sounds really simple, but it's really true. If you think about it, if you don't know about something going on in the world, you don't really have the power to do something about it and to make it better. So... I was feeling really frustrated about what was going on in the world. I was 13. I was way too young to vote. I just turned 18 like earlier this year. I'm just now able to vote. I was too young to have any meaningful contribution to an existing organization. And I had identified this problem. I had always loved writing. So I was like, okay, why don't I try to create the solution to this? Why don't I start waking up before school every day, start reading the news and making it accessible to my generation and hopefully giving us the tools we need to actually go out and make change. So as far as making a more accessible product, and I guess just making the news more accessible, what does your process look like each morning to create your newsletter? When you're skimming through all of these news sources and, you know, just looking looking for news to put into the newsletter, tell me more about your thought process each morning to make the news more accessible for your newsletters. Yeah, so... Um, I would say there's there's two big things that go into that. First is content, so like what's actually in the newsletter. And I try to write the news exactly how I talk to my friends. So basically, I'm like, I'm the middleman. I'm reading the news. And then if I was telling this news story to one of my friends, how would I say it? And I write it exactly that way. Um, and I also... I make sure that I'm including like the top stories of the day that you would get at any news outlet because I want my generation to be able to be well-versed in politics and be able to have these conversations with 
people who are older than us. But I also try to include stories that maybe don't get the kind of coverage that they should be getting in traditional media. Um, a lot of times these happen to be climate change stories, humanitarian based stories, things where people really have a lot of ability to make an individual impact. And then the other thing that really goes into it is um, the medium. So obviously Gen Zers spend a lot of time on social medias and social media. Gen Zers don't necessarily spend a lot of time reading emails. Um, so even though the cram is first and foremost a newsletter, we also send our news out through text. We're also on all sorts of social media platforms and really trying to reach Gen Zers where they're already spending their time so that they don't have to go very far to get their news content. That's such an interesting idea with the medium and the model and all of these choices that you've made for the platform. So as far as the future for the Cram, where do you see this going? You've created this network of people from all around the world who get your emails and read your content. So where do you see the Cram going from here? Yeah, I mean, the Cram is definitely the thing that I'm most passionate about in my life. Like, even if no one read it, I would still do every day because it's kind of like become a coping mechanism where I'm like, okay, I can feel like I'm at least trying to do something, um, even if like it's not making an impact. Hopefully it is um, in some way. Um, but I've been really thankful to actually have like this really cool reception to the cram where we've had people start going out and um, getting involved in protests, like start educating themselves about topics that matter, start voting for the first time because of things they've read in the cram. So I really believe in and our ability to continue educating young people. Um, and I would love to, to start expanding the cram actually expand on our current format and really delve into the um, visual and audio space. Um, so like podcast, for example, uh, really diving more into video content and just really build the cram out into like the news outlet for young people, like the likes of what you get from like NBC News, CBS News, but of course still entirely buying for young people. So shifting gears a little bit, do you have any advice for young people who are trying to consume news but may not find it very accessible or maybe applicable to them? I mean, of course, one piece of advice would be to read the cram, but what other advice would you give young people who are getting into consuming the news or who haven't really found their footing when it comes to consistent and responsible news consumption? Yeah, um, I'm a really big advocate for reading the same story on multiple sites, which I know can seem daunting for people, but I actually have found that it helps me get more information more quickly. Even reading like the first couple intro paragraphs of a news story, I think can be really helpful. And then reading those same first couple intro paragraphs, because a lot of times different information will come forward with different news outlets, even like not accounting for bias. Like I'm not even talking about like CNN versus Fox News, but comparable news outlets. I think it can be really helpful to see the different information that they're putting forth. And I think that can be a really quick and easy way to get news as a young person and to sort of understand like the broadest possible perspective. I think that can even be helpful when encountering news on social media. I think we talk a lot about misinformation, maybe as in like straight up falsehoods, but I think there can also be misinformation in terms of um, not getting the full story or not really getting nuance. And that can be really common on social media. So I'm always a big advocate for if you come across news on social media, or if you get your news from social media, that can be great. Um, but make sure that that's not your one source, like you're making sure that you're going and getting the full story if there is more to the story, or you're looking at it from multiple different angles. That's really interesting. And these are all topics that I'm really interested in and passionate about, too. So I want to ask you about that last point that you brought up about news coming from social media. What are your thoughts on consuming news from social media, especially as it's becoming more commonplace for young people, especially members of Gen Z? 
Yeah, I mean, like anything, when it comes to news, I think it's a very complicated topic. I think overwhelmingly, it has more positives than negatives, because it's able to reach a whole new generation. Um, that's the whole reason why the cram we try to be on so many different platforms, because we're aware that as new like as the years go by, there are more and more new things. Like when I started the cram, TikTok was not a thing. Like it was still like musically, I think. And like, I don't think anyone could have fathomed that there'd be this entirely new platform where people would be making videos that weren't just like lip singing. So like tracks, like there would be like people actually sharing news content through TikTok. Um, so I think from, from that perspective, that's really cool. I think social media also really allows individuals the ability to have their voices heard. Um, we've been seeing that a lot for example, like on the ground in Ukraine, um, where there maybe isn't the ability to have like a coordinated news front because of what's going on. So individuals are able to to share their stories, to share what's happening. We've seen that a lot, like in China, where there's a lot of censorship with the protests going on lately, but people, their individual stories have been able to come through and people have been able to, who aren't in China, have been able to get an understanding of what's happening. So I think that democratizing news in such a way is a really incredible thing. But like anything, there are obviously negatives. Um, talked about misinformation before, lack of nuance. And I think I think there just generally needs to be more of an eye to just being a little bit more cynical about the news. I think when you are scrolling through your social media feed and you're seeing pictures of your friends next to news stories, there can be an instinct to just like see it all as true because you're like, oh, this is like next to things that are comfortable and are real and true. And like not being cynical about it because you wouldn't be cynical about pictures of your friends. So why would you be cynical about news content coming through? But I think just being a little more cautious about immediately believing things, also sharing things that can be really tricky. I've seen a lot of posts shared before that have had good intentions, but the actual facts have been incorrect. And that's really misled people, which is really unfortunate. So like a recent example is the protest in Iran, there was a post going around where they said that the Iranian government had sentenced thousands of protesters to death, which was not true. The Iranian government had um, approved basically legislation that said that some protesters could face the death penalty, but they hadn't actually sentenced so many people to death. And the post was basically saying like, why isn't anyone talking about this? So the intentions were good. Like, yes, it's still terrible what the legislation did. But I think it also can lead to this thing where people believe it. And then maybe they look it up and they're like, well, that's not what actually happened. So it's not as bad as we thought. We don't need to pay attention to that. And it can kind of backfire because it's not true. I think that's a great point as far as everything in moderation, including social media and consuming news on social media and even consuming news from only one publication, because that's not really the most effective or informative way. And I also hadn't thought about the implications of scrolling through social media and seeing those pictures of your friends and funny videos mixed in with really serious news content about important issues and events around the world. And that's definitely going to blur the lines when it comes to what's credible and what's important and pressing, I think. So that's that's interesting. I have one last question for you. Lots of young people, especially college students, high school students, want to create change and they want to make a difference, but they may not know where to get started with that work. Do you have any advice for those people who may be listening? Yeah, I'm always a big advocate for thinking about something you do in your everyday life. So for me, that was writing. I was really passionate about writing. And then thinking about how you can apply that to a problem that you see in the world that you maybe want to fix. 
um, I think that that's a really great way for anyone to be able to like use what they're passionate about and use their individual skill sets to get involved. And I think also a really important step, um, I think people a lot of times they'll see like youth activists do all these incredible things on such a large scale and it's amazing and it's so inspiring, but it may can be, it maybe can be kind of intimidating. I think even just beginning to have conversations about what's going on in the world, that can be a really important first step to understanding more of what's happening, having those conversations with your friends to can educate yourself, educate the people around you. And then I think like really just making sure that you're actively staying engaged in what's going on in the world and actively being involved. I think there can be a tendency, like I said before, to not feel like you're ever doing enough. And I think that the like encouraging young people to get involved is not about being like, you're not doing enough. It's about being like, make sure you're engaged, make sure that you're actually like pursuing things that are interesting to you. And if you feel like there's a problem that you want to solve, like you have that ability and you have that power. I could have predicted it, but I really enjoyed this conversation with Olivia. I think her points about consuming news responsibly from a variety of sources and being cautious with the way that we consume news on social media were just spot on. I especially resonated with Olivia's advice about using moderation. She used the term when we're talking about news on social media, and I think her whole story kind of speaks to the value of moderation. Olivia scans through the news every morning from a variety of sources, which speaks to her ability to consume a lot of news in moderation. Olivia's advice at the end about staying engaged and active in making change rather than feeling pressured to start a nonprofit or lead a protest is also a way of finding balance and moderation in life. I learned so much through this conversation, and I think Olivia's story and the work she's doing is a great example of how change comes when we focus on moderation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can find Olivia on Instagram at olivia.seltzer to get connected with her. You can also find The Cram on Instagram at The Cram, and I will include a link to check out The Cram in the description of this episode as well. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then... Be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.